It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated to your one and only Colorado Avalanche. We have made it through another day, and I'm just going to keep saying that until we get to or back to meaningful hockey, um, and the days just keep flying by and we can just keep checking the calendar um it's it's a crummy time of the year but what are you gonna do um right before i hit the record button i got a notification on my phone and it kind of irked me a little bit so i will uh, i wasn't planning on really getting to this but uh i it, it's fresh in my mind like literally just happened so i have to i have to get it off my chest i guess um, so we'll get to that and it is Friday, which means we have our fandom Friday segment. Um, and we will get to that very shortly, but first we're going to start things off like we normally do with the social media side and follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore avalanche, follow on Instagram, just search for lockdown avalanche and send your questions, comments, concerns. If you want to be on the fandom Friday segment, Shoot me a line over at lockedonavalanche at gmail.com or message me on Twitter or whatever. I can. There's multiple ways to get a hold of me uh, if you want to be on that segment or just to voice your concern or opinion. And now I'll, I'll get it on the show. So, what irked me? Uh, I got a notification stating the NHL has set its participants for its all star skills competition. And the headline read. And I'm quoting, this is from The Score, McDavid, Eichel, highlight all-star skills competition participants. That's me hitting my forehead. <laughs> um, I, You know, we all know who Nathan McKinnon is. Everybody in NHL circles knows who Nathan McKinnon is. I don't want to take away from Jack Eichel whatsoever. He's a great, great hockey player. He's going to have a fantastic career. Um, and maybe this is because, you know, they were drafted 1-2, so they will kind of forever be linked. But, um, you know, Nathan McKinnon is is being thrown around, and I've seen this today too. Uh, you, get the, you get all this stuff at like the halfway point of who's going to win what trophy. And it's always back and forth right now. Uh, between McDavid and McKinnon for MB- MVP. Um, and with uh, the last I heard, I haven't kept up on this, but the last I heard Ovechkin was not going to play. That was a couple weeks ago. I'm assuming that's still in play. I I don't know for sure. I would have to imagine. I mean, well, let's see. I don't think I don't see his name listed anywhere here. So um, I, it, regardless, let's say he's not. I kind of feel like Nathan McKinnon should be moved into that second position to get second billing 
behind Connor McDavid instead of Jack Eichel. And this is just something that kind of bothered me when I saw it literally five minutes ago. Because I kind of feel like still uh, this team and and Nathan McKinnon in particular maybe still doesn't get the love that they deserve or he, he commands. Um, it kind of shocked me. And, and what is Eichel participating in? The same thing McDavid and Nathan McKinnon are participating in. The fastest skater, which everybody is is wanting to see Connor McDavid versus Nathan McKinnon. That is, that is the billing. Yeah, Jack Eichel's got some speed, but he doesn't have Nathan McKinnon speed. So maybe this is me just being a fan right now and an angry fan that my guy is not, or our guy, he's not even my guy, he's our guy, is, is not getting the notoriety that he damn well deserves, at least going to, and that's the other part of it. McKinnon's a captain. Eichel's not. So, so uh, I know it's just an article. It's just an article, and it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of it. But maybe it does. Maybe it does have some meaning that uh, Nathan McKinnon still is not that household name that we all think he is, or as much as a household name. I'll say that. Because even yesterday I talked about that athletic um, article where they polled the players, uh, the almost 400 players, and Nathan McKinnon was number two, right behind Connor McDavid. So I'm not mad at the article, I guess, now that I'm kind of talking out loud about this. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm more upset that why doesn't Nathan McKinnon have more star power than, than he should? He's not and, – and just not getting a headline like this I think says a lot about where fans are and where the general population with hockey, hockey fans are. Maybe just the fair-weather hockey fan. Um, that they're, they, they, they can see a headline like this, headline like this and see McDavid. Yeah, I know him. And Eichel. Yeah, I know him. And is Jack Eichel more, uh, do, do more people resonate with him than, than Nathan McKinnon? I don't know. Maybe it may, like I said, maybe it just boils down to they will forever be linked. Um, and maybe that's it, but yeah, that, that, that's where we are. And I guess even digging a little deeper. I'm kind of happy with that. I'm happy that, you know, we have the best or the second best player on the planet and he's still a, a relative unknown in the, in the grand scheme of the sports world. I'm okay with that. I think he's completely fine with that. I think he likes flying under the radar on the big picture. Um, doesn't fly under the radar, you know, with, with the, the hardcore hockey fan, um, or just a hockey fan that pays attention to the league. I think he's fine with that. So, and, and in the end, I am too. I just like when, uh, you know, because we have one of those elite players, uh, that makes the team look good. So you kind of, when, when, when something like this happens and you have a player of his skill, his ability, his talent, um, you kind of want the notoriety a little bit more than, cause this doesn't come along all the time. So Whatever, I'll get over it. It's just a headline. Um, I think what might make the world notice is if he goes out and wins this fastest skater competition. So um, to kind of give you the rundown of who's in it, it's the three that I named, Eichel, McKinnon, McDavid, 
uh, Matthew Barzo, Chris Kreider, Anthony Duclair, Travis Konecki, and Quinn Hughes, the good old Quinn Hughes. I'm going to talk about that. Maybe save it for Monday, the whole Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr thing that's going on in social media. I get a kick out of it, but I'll save it for later. For now, we're going to get to the Fandom Friday segment. Um, And like I said in the beginning, if you want to take part in this, uh, if you have heard them before, you know what kind of goes on. If this is the first one you're going to listen to, it's just kind of an open, open-ended discussion on anything Colorado um, Avalanche, obviously. Um, and if it's something that you think you may want to take part in, shoot me an email, find me on Twitter, send me a, a instant message, and just tell me you want to be on it. I have the next several weeks booked up, so it might be a month or month and a half out, but we'll get you. We'll get you in the books. So for this week, uh, we have Avalanche fan Tommy McPherson. And uh, him and I follow on Twitter. We go back and forth on Twitter all the time. Ask him if he wanted to come on the show. Jumped at the opportunity. And he lives out in Nebraska. So we have a our first Nebraskan, I think that's how you say it, <laughs> uh, Avalanche fan on the Fandom Friday segment. And we are going to get to that right now. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so welcome back to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And it is Friday, which means we have another Fandom Friday segment. And today we have Tommy McPherson. Tommy, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, man. Thank you very much for coming on. And the first thing I want to get to with you is you live in Nebraska, correct? 
Yes, sir. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. I've been here since 2010. So how did a guy from, uh, well, so you've been there since 2010. So where did you live before that? I was actually, I grew up in Arvada and um, I played hockey there for um, AHA for uh, about 10 years from ages 5 to 16. Okay. So how did you become an Avalanche fan? Well, I mean, I, they just sort of showed up in, in Colorado and I just right. sort of jumped on. I was a Bruins fan prior to that because, really? of, um, because yeah, Ray Bork was my favorite player growing up. And so, okay. and so yeah, by, by fate, he ended up on my new favorite team and won a Stanley right. Cup in uh, Colorado. Yeah, excellent. that was a great moment to, to uh, witness. Right. Um, what, so who, do, I mean, who do play people usually root for in Nebraska in terms of hockey teams? Cause they don't, what, what's the closest uh, team to them or is it just, well, we like have a minor, team? well, we have a minor league hockey team, the Lincoln stars, USHL, um, okay. same league that Jack, that Jack Hughes played for. Okay. Um, so yeah, we, we have hockey here and, and, um, there's a, there's a pretty cultish following there. Um, and, and I catch games when I can. But really, it's it's not it's not a big sport here. Um, football right. is obviously king here, and um, lots of Chiefs fans around me. Lots and are lots really? of Chiefs fans around. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, then who I don't are, have... are they? Are they your football team or no? Oh God, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm a Broncos fan. I'll oh, always good. be a Broncos fan. Yeah. <laughs> Very. But good. yeah, yeah. Hockey is not huge here. It's got a great history here. Like Gordie Howe played minor league hockey in Omaha. That's okay. like an hour from here. But right. um, it's it's not it's not a big sport here. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't. The interesting thing is like shifting to the Broncos for just a quick second. Like that, the question is up in the air. Like, should you root for Kansas City because then that proves that Denver's in a difficult division? And I'm just like, <laughs> no, you should not root for them because it's uh, a simple fact. But. I'll let uh, Cody host the Locked On Broncos podcast. I'll mm. let him handle that one. Um, so kind of like what, what's your – I guess we can get into this season. What is your take so far on this season? Are you satisfied with how the Avs are playing? Do they need to improve anywhere? Kind of give me your overall consensus of what's going on this year. Well, I mean, they're second in the division. Mm-hmm. They are one of – I believe they are the best offensive team in hockey. They have the the leading candidate for MVP, and it looks like they have right now the leading candidate for Rookie of the Year on defense. I I'm thrilled with their with their year thus far. Yeah, I, you weren't. I mean, I, I hope like you weren't one of the ones calling for everybody's heads when they were kind of going through just a little rough patch, were you? No, absolutely not. I've been a fan of Jared Bednar's since the beginning. Even during the season of Doom, yeah. I still thought there was something there. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell he knew what he was doing. Um, <clears throat> and I think that season just gets a pass for him because you can't mm-hmm. expect miracles from a guy to take over an NHL team a month before the season starts and say, here you go, let's you know take us to the promised land. Um it doesn't work that way. And I think what he's done, he's worked miracles. Um, the whole organization has, I feel like, from Sackick on down, from the moves he's made. Um, and and they have improved every single year 
he has been the coach and they're on they're on pace to improve from a points standpoint anyway this year um so i just thought it was kind of comical that you go through a little rough patch and everybody wants to get rid of everybody thinking that's going to solve all the problems i never really understood that yeah it just seems to be a knee-jerk reaction when it comes to uh stuff like that um i've liked jared bednar since the beginning because he doesn't seem like a micromanager he doesn't do the really frustrating old school things that you see a lot of coaches do and he's willing to try new stuff and Mm -hmm. like like how many coaches in the playoffs last year would have put sam gerard and a brand new kale mccarr Mm -hmm. on the same pairing i mean how many probably none I can't. Very few, if any. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And so, even this year, putting he only did it for one game and it worked. He put Miko Rantanen on the third line. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not as like a demotion, just as to let's spread this this uh, you know skill out a little bit more. Um, and it worked to perfection. Yeah. And and I don't think he's not this guy. Like um, I, I I rag on David Quinn on the of the Rangers a lot because. He seems to be one of those guys that will just bench a guy for the slightest mistake. And right. it doesn't seem like whenever whenever I see Bednar do that, he demotes a guy or whatever, I don't see that as being punitive. I don't see him trying to send a message. He doesn't seem like that kind of coach. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the only guy he seems to keep on a short leash at times is Nikita Zadorov. And really by this time, I think – I think we can kind of see why. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) that's the only guy that doesn't seem to, or he gets out of his doghouse, but it seems like he goes into his doghouse pretty easily. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. He's a guy who kind of, he kind of, he kind of, I don't know. I don't (laughs) want to call him lazy. It just seems like he loses his focus from time to time. And, you know, I don't think he's kept on a super short leash but I think that he's just one of those guys that needs to be ridden a little harder than the others. Yeah, because, I mean, he went through that stretch of, I mean, they played Edmonton, so he was on McDavid. Then they played Toronto, and he was on uh, Matthews, and and then they played Boston, and and Mm -hmm. he was on pass track, and he shut them all down. And you're like, okay, maybe he's finally got what his role is. Um, And then it, it... fell apart for a game, which was okay. But I, I think, what was the game where he benched him for basically the whole third period? And you're like, all right, well, you know, he's up to doing Nikita Zadorov things again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which game that was, but I know yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, he's it's pretty amazing. He is, a, he is a very odd player because apparently you can tell him, hey, hey, Big Z, keep this guy in front of you. Don't let him score, and he'll do it. Mm-hmm. But then you go to him and you say, "Hey, Big Z, see that guy in front of the net? Don't let him score." And he can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't it's, understand yeah. why a guy with all those physical tools and with the with the with the mean streak that he has, he he's not a crease clearer at all. He can't he can't cover guys very well in terms of like if you're not having him focus on one guy. Right. It's, it's a good point. It's very strange, but I, I do like him as a player, but it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with him. Uh, Are you talking about like trade him? Well, yeah, like either trade him or, you know, keep him for the playoffs and then maybe uh, figure out what to do with him in the offseason. I mm-hmm. believe he's an RFA, so 
I mean, they don't have to trade him and risk losing him for nothing, but um, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what they'll do. He'll be one of the interesting, interesting ones to watch over the next month come, come trade time. I, I can't imagine they would, if they trade him, it'll be because Bednar's just had enough and he doesn't think he can completely 100% mold him into the player he wants him to be. And he just wants to move on from him. Um, I don't know. I, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Do you think, I guess, what do you think some trades or maybe not players they might take in or who do you think are players they might get rid of come trade time? Cause they're going to be buyers. They're, they they got to get something. So I guess if you have an idea of who you think they might bring in, who do you think it is? And who do you think they're willing to give up, whether on this team or it's in the minors, to get these guys? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, well, I would say the the guy everyone thinks is on his way out is Tyson Jost. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much you're going to get for someone like him. I mean, he's he's got all those promising tools, hasn't really put it together. He's not really productive offensively i i think he's going to be a throw-in to any trade you're going to have to package him with something much better in order to get a decent return um maybe zadorov i i don't know i i really feel like they want to keep him for for the playoffs yeah so i i'm really not sure what they can get as far as the the trade market is concerned I've been talking with people online. I, I'm a regular on HF boards, and um, there there are a lot of people on there and people online on Twitter pushing for Chris Kreider. Yeah, that um, seems to be the name. I'm not as crazy about him as as a lot of other people. I, he he has a lot of the physical tools and the talent that that the apps probably need to fill out that second line. So, I mean, if they can get him, great. I I don't know. I'm not I'm not crazy about him. I feel like people are not crazy when I mention this name or crazy about him when I mention this name, but I still think there might be a way for Tyler Toffoli to turn it around. I know hmm. he's hit skids a couple years, but his underlying numbers have been really good throughout, even when he's not scoring. And I just feel like in the right situation he could turn it around and start scoring again and i don't think he would cost a ton uh the is other he, guy on the market i haven't really heard much if he's someone that i i know dater mentioned something about the abs maybe inquiring about him and then it just kind of he he reported that those talks have have ceased so okay. that's it's a good question i i don't know i would think that they're looking to to deal him i think i think he's on an expiring deal I can't remember if he's an unrestricted or a restricted free agent, but okay. I'm pretty sure he's one of the guys on his way out. Right. Uh, the other guy I think might be available. It's hard to say. Kevin LeBanc. Um, he's a playmaking winger. He's, um, I think he'd be a really good fit with Nazem Kadri. I think Kadri needs that type of winger in order to work properly. Right, and so I think he would be a good get. Um, I keep thinking in terms of lower tier sort of acquisitions. I feel like Chris Kreider is just going to have too many bidders 
and he's ultimately going to cost too much. And then, well, I think the interesting yeah. thing with with Kreider and and especially with Jost is, yeah, he's underperforming on the Avalanche. Um, you know, he he's he was a number ten pick, right? So they, you know, he still holds some value, I think, and I think because he's still on his original team, I think other teams may be willing to take a shot at him and kind of give up a little bit too much because he is a, a top 10 talent um, who maybe is just not in the right system and they're willing to give him a chance. I don't know. I, I, I don't think anybody really is happy with how he's been performing. Um, with the exception of these last two games, he seems like a completely new person. Uh, and now we're on an extended break. And when we come back from this break, he's probably going to revert back to his own <laughs> self. So uh, he's another one to watch because I think some, I, I just have a feeling someone might stretch for him because of where he was drafted. I mean, in my opinion, if they can get a second round pick for him or the equivalent thereof, like a, like a, like a decent return, like a player, an actual player, I'd be thrilled with that. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think I agree. I think he's got, he may still have that, you know, top 10 pick pedigree. I mean, he, I hate slacking on the guy cause he, uh, by all accounts, he is, he works hard. He has done everything the coaching staff has asked him to do. He, he's got a great attitude. Um, he's obviously a great story. Everyone loves grandpa Jost. Yeah. And and I just, I just, I don't see it. I don't, I have not seen progression. I know he's still only 21, but the skating is just, it feels like that is holding everything back. He's not, he doesn't have that one skill that kind of, you know, cancels out his lack of speed and his lack of size. Yeah. And when you're 21 and yeah, you can, you can use that as an excuse until someone like Kale McCarr comes along and sets the league on fire. And you're like, why can't you do what he's doing? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think there are other players who are probably going to pass him on the depth chart soon. I think Shane Bowers is really starting to heat mm-hmm. up in, in, in Loveland and uh, um, Martin cow is starting to figure it out. And uh, even Logan O'Connor is looking like he's going to be, he's, he looks like he is projecting to be in, a, a more impactful player than Jost. And that's the interesting thing is because they're, they're, they're obviously being patient with him. Yes. But that patience, I, I feel like it's good that you brought up all those guys in the minors because we're the AHL. I know they hate using minors. Um, mm-hmm. You, you mentioned all those guys. I think that is going to be the breaking point for the abs, not the trade deadline. I think it's going to be like, all right, we got these guys that are passing you, man, and we got to give them a shot. So, they're 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 handling it well right now, and they're not showing their cards as to what they're going to do with him. They're not showing their cards what to do with anybody. But um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes with him. Uh, it, that that's going to be. I think this trade deadline. We haven't really had much excitement on the Avalanche around trade deadline time in a while, and I think this one we're finally going to get some movement on some players, uh, which I always look forward to. For, for bringing in some players that, you know, can only help put us over, maybe get up a little bit closer to St. Louis No, Yeah. I, it, yeah, it seems like a distant memory, but I do remember when trade deadline time came around and you were an avalanche fan and you were just waiting to see what Pierre was going to do next. And, and uh, it's, it's nice to have that. I mean, not that level of excitement, but uh, exactly. it's, 
we're, we're approaching something akin to that. So, right. So as far as uh, individual players go, you mentioned Ray Bork, um, I guess a player from the Avs past that was your favorite and then kind of who's a, a current roster favorite of yours. Um, yeah, my, uh, back in the day, like Ray and, um, Milan Hayduk were definitely my favorites. I was also a huge Sackett fan. Um, right. but who wasn't right. Exactly. Um, uh, I say, I'd say my favorite players on the roster right now are probably, uh, Miko Rantanen, uh, Kale McCarr and, um, uh, probably Sam Gerrard. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really pick an, an, a favorite out of those. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I, I like being the contrarian from time to time. I, when the abs first arrived, I picked Sylvain Lefebvre as my favorite because I knew no one else would. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, I, I love Nathan McKinnon, but he's not necessarily my favorite just because I know he's everyone else's favorite. I know that's yeah. silly, but. No, and and I'm the same exact way. I, I like those those kind of like under the radar guys that like have have so much to offer for the team. Somebody like Sam Gerrard, like yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on track with who you kind of like follow as your favorites. Like, um, and 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 it sucks because we have one of or the best player on the world, and nobody wants to say that's their favorite player because that's just too <laughs> too easy to do you know what i mean yeah yeah but um, it is awesome watching him play uh, every night he's he's on another level right now it's it's a joy it's we're, we're lucky mm-hmm. we're absolutely lucky. i am really looking forward to this uh speed contest between him and and mcdavid because they've never really gone at it in, in no that's true game. they haven't no that so, that will be fun to watch it's just i it people constantly talk about McDavid's speed and I get it. He's got it, but they just talk about it. Like nobody challenges him. And I'm like, no, like McKinnon could absolutely challenge him. He's just never had the chance. And now he's got the chance. So I, I don't know if he'll beat him, but I think that's going to be, they're going to be so close. I think like tenths of a second aside from each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. And it, it really is something to, to see the amount of speed in the league overall. And I yeah. sometimes listen to what some of these uh, skating coaches have to say, and they talk about things that I've never heard of. I certainly didn't hear about when I was a player about like things like linear crossovers and stuff like that. I'm like, wow, I've been known about <laughs> that kind of right. stuff. But yeah, it's just amazing what, uh, what this, what each subsequent generation, um, will bring to the table and right now yeah. it's it is an amazing time to watch hockey that's oh, awesome you gotta love it so uh any big kind of like avalanche uh possessions that you own or kind of like prize possessions oh. that are kind of like i was afraid you were gonna bring that up i'm in my basement right now yeah. and i have a shadow box of ray bork i have a, i had a ray bork jersey and, okay. I, and my wife shadow boxed it for me for christmas love and it's, it's, it's awesome yeah and then I also, <laughs> she also shadow boxed my uh-huh. Patrice Brisebois Avalanche jersey. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, remember when I told you I was kind of a contrarian? <laughs> yeah, I totally dug that guy. I totally did. I thought he was <laughs> awesome. 
Wow. He really did quarterback the power play really well, and I thought he helped John Michael Lyles at the time come up and, and kind of allowed him to develop the way he did. And so at least for that first year before the second year and he got hurt, um, I thought he was a pretty savvy pickup. I hated it when it first happened, but then I watched him play and said, you know, this guy is not as bad as the Habs fans keep telling me. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I went out on a limb and I got, I got, a, I got a Breeze Blood jersey. <laughs> and what year did he get there? Was that – that was around oh, – I thought that was – oh, God, that was Quindle era. That was – was it right after the lockout? I want to say it was. So, yeah. oh, six. Was that the year after the lockout? Uh, God, I don't even remember now. I was thinking like 05, 06. Yeah, something like name, that. Wow. Yeah. That's a blast from the past. Wow, impressive. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Um, and, and finally, I just like to get fan predictions. How, what do you think they're going to do to finish out this year? How far will they go? <sighs> what's, what's the, what say you? Such a dilemma because right now, I feel like they need either or they need one like middle pairing defenseman. And I feel like they need one more scoring winger or maybe a third line center. Cause I just feel like that going into the playoffs, it, it's, it's crazy to say that a team has been lucky even through all the injuries that they've suffered, but they have been kind of lucky. They they got a lot of contributions from guys that normally don't produce at the rate they produce at. And, you know, they hit that kind of regression. They hit that slump when the goaltenders kind of regressed a little. Um, but I just feel like, I mean, right now, wouldn't you agree that their third best winger is uh, Andre Burakovsky? Burakovsky, yeah. Yeah, I don't. No offense to the guy. I mean, he can frustrate me, and I get the talent, but is that the guy you really want as your third-best winger going into the postseason? Right. And, yeah, and then I love Graves, and I love EJ, but I feel like there needs to be one more defenseman in the mix there to supplement okay. Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard. <laughs> and so... Maybe, maybe they don't do anything. Maybe they stand pat and we wait until Bowen Byram shows up next year. Mm. So, but yeah, man, that just feels, right <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we have all this talent and like, oh yeah, and we have him as well, probably maybe next year or a year after. Like, but it, it's, yeah, that's, it's, a, that's a great problem to have. But oh. I mean, just in the present, I, I would hope they make a deal that doesn't cost them too much. And they just get a nice solid rental, and and then go into the postseason and come what may. I I hope think, they make it to the Western Conference Finals. That's what I was going to say. Do you think they will? Because like I said, with with Jared Bednar, when we were talking about him, they've improved every year, point wise and standing wise. The next thing up is the the Conference Finals. Do you think they could make it at least that far? I think if the goaltending holds up. And hope, hopefully, um, Landeskog and Rantanen find their A games again. I think they're at around a B minus right now, recovering from injuries. Mm-hmm. But um, and maybe that's what you need at the deadline is just two more healthy wingers. 
And if that can all happen, I think they they really can. I mean, what they were one goal away from the Western. They were one uh, disallowed goal away from the exactly, Western Conference yeah, Finals. Yeah, one terrible call away. I mean, mm-hmm. all but a terrible call nonetheless um, mm-hmm. away from from making it. And who knows what happened after that? So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, man, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to everything that you said. So. <laughs> we will have you we'll have you on at the towards the end of the season and kind of check what you were right and I don't want to say wrong because you're not gonna be wrong about anything. So we Oh yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We, I'm we, never wrong. No, no. <laughs> Ask all the HF boards guys. They're a good group, by the way. They're a very good group, by the way. But yeah, I'm never wrong about anything. No. No, exactly. So yeah, do you want to uh kind of give a self promotion on yourself, like where where people can follow you? And, oh sure, why not? Um my my uh, Twitter handle is PokeCheck because it was the only thing I could do well in hockey. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, PokeCheck. Uh, check spelled like uh, H-E-Q-U-E. Yeah, I love that. Um, I <laughs> Thanks. I uh, also have a seldom used blog that I'm hoping to get going again. Um, it's called Armored Headspace. It's all one word, armoredheadspace.com. And I just kind of riff on sports and life and whatever suits my fancy. And uh, like I said, I, I want to get that going for sure uh, this upcoming year. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get you on towards the end of the season too and revisit all this stuff and maybe uh, before the playoffs start and talk about what we can expect from the playoffs. Yeah, I'd like to do that. That'd be great. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. And we will be back in one minute. All right. So welcome back. And uh, once again, a big thank you to Tommy for coming on the show. And uh, if, like I said, if that's something, if this is the first one that you've heard and you're thinking to yourself, I can do that. I can talk about Colorado Avalanche. Drop me a line. Shoot me an email. Find me on social media. Shoot me a, a message. Uh, and we'll we'll pencil you in to get you on a, an episode. Uh Everybody survives. Nobody has died from doing a, the Fandom Friday segment uh, to this point. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it, it's just fun to do it with the fans, bringing them on. Love talking about Colorado. These episodes typically go a little bit longer because, like I've said, once you get going and talking about Colorado and how well they're doing, you just don't want to stop. you got to cut it off at some point. But uh, some really good things that, that Tommy brought to the table. I like his trade uh, scenarios and kind of throwing out there some different players that maybe people aren't really talking about being uh, trade bait um, or people we're bringing in for a trade. So it's stuff like that that, that I love talking about getting different uh, opinions from different fans. We all have opinions and nobody's wrong. Uh all opinions are welcome, and I love the fact that he's from Nebraska. It just shows you the reach uh, that the Colorado Avalanche have. Yeah, you know their their main fan base is obviously in the state that they play. That's true for any team, but also for any team is they have an expanded reach, um, all the way out to where I am in New York. So, uh, again, Tommy, uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, that's gonna do it for today and that's gonna do it for this week we got the all-star game coming up over the weekend so we'll probably talk about that on monday and get to a plethora of other topics as the week goes on so enjoy the weekend 
Enjoy the All-Star Game, and we will see you guys on Monday. And here is Jovi. Go, Abs, go!